Renfro, and today on my podcast, you're going to hear a little bit different type of story. You know, our podcast is usually about people with a purpose and the stories we share, but today we're going to highlight a team member, Veritex Bank, who come to work every day with an underlining purpose that includes true crime. Are you intrigued now? It's something you all want to know about, and I'm so excited to talk about you know things that are out in the public. This is a really hot subject that affects more of you than you might think. Today we're speaking with Jason Savage, our Chief Technology Officer, who has true crime stories involving ransomware and how he and his team fought back. So sit back and get ready to hear something interesting and how you can protect yourself. So welcome to the show, Jason. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, LaVonda. Yeah, I, listen, you know, the word cybersecurity is almost overused as much as culture. So I think security is a lot, is a buzzword. But quite frankly, it's one of those words that when you hear it, when it happens to you, you understand it. But if you hadn't had it happen to you, you're like, oh, that's happens to other people, right? Right. right. So before we get into all the stories and things you want to talk about, one of the things that you do is so interesting is please share with us just a little bit about how you found your way into IT in the early days. I think a lot of people think of technology chief IT people as really dry and just they sit down to head down in, in their computer all day. And you're certainly not that guy. You're really good at what you do, but you actually like doing a lot of other things. So tell us how you got into the IT world. Yeah, no, thank, thanks for that and appreciate the, the great intro. I'll try to uh, live up to it. No, I think, you know, if you think back, right, and, and people who are listening to this will probably even say that's not that old, but, you know, the AOL days is when is when I first started getting into it, right? Hearing that uh, the, those words, you've got mail, really was fascinating because you heard the word information superhighway on the news uh, and who, who knows what that means, who knows what it could become. So I think for me, that's what really kind of piqued my interest and, and knowing that I could find things online and, and directly it was affected, you know, the Dewey Decimal Systems and going to those card catalogs, trying to find books to write papers <laughs> in college and high school, right? So right. those are the things where I can find it online now. So those are the things where school started leaning into technology a little bit more. And obviously, you know, technology booms that happened, you know, in the, the, the late 90s there. That's right. really kind of that passion was there for me from, from the start. So when you started, when you were in college, you were going the manual stuff. So are you telling me you were kind of a lazy student? <laughs> I was in college <laughs> for six years. No, I, uh, yeah, I definitely struggled a little bit, but I didn't know that parties could go on all night long. And, uh, and so, yeah, you actually had to get up for class. So there was yeah. nobody forcing you this time. I think it's interesting. It's a lot of pe people when they find what their passion is in school, it's because they were trying to get have something else so they could make it easier for themselves it sounds like that was kind of your way too oh uh, absolutely uh, anytime I could find the easy way out when I was younger I, I tried I call that smart that's okay that's okay do you ever think when you first started in IT world how much of your job did you think would impact the lives and how others look at how they do their work on a daily basis when you first got into it? Yeah, that's a great question. For me, when you start out, right, it's right. help desk and you're moving your way up and you're learning kind of the, the functions, the basic functions of IT. You're kind of just focused in IT, right? Uh, right. You don't really know how it touches other people. You don't really notice uh, even the employees, right? You install yeah. a system, it works or it doesn't. People complain, you fix it, and then you move on to the next problem. But right. it's so much more as, as banks grow and as businesses grow and, and obviously you learn experience, you, you realize how big of a deal the user experience is for employees and then for the customers are. And so you realize how well data can move through a system to tell you more information. You realize how important, you know, 
placements are for boxes and little buttons and that will drive people to you or away from you. And so I think that to me, and then like you said, being able to talk to people, right? Because uh, a lot of IT guys, you probably want them just to talk to the wall for some, sometimes <laughs> they're so good at what they do, but they should stay. Right. I think how you deliver a message to people is important because you are explaining very serious things or very expensive things. Right. And uh, how you do that is really what defines kind of really people stepping it up at another level at a bigger organization versus maybe some of the smaller ones. Yeah, I think that's really interesting to say that because, you know, you and I have had a couple of conversations around no one wants to hear from IT. So what that means to me is that you're doing a great job if no one brings up the name, right? right. It's just like anything else. It's like electricity at your house if the power goes out. You don't realize how much you rely on, oh, I can't turn the radio on or I can't watch TV or whatever it is or I have no internet until it doesn't work. And I kind of view some of those applications the same from an IT perspective, right? They're supposed to work. (laughs) They're supposed to work. And like you said, you don't want to hear from people, but you definitely want to deliver a message about how IT can help, right? I think that's where uh, the important message is, is yes, Great. Getting it working is one thing, but making it work for people is, is another. So I right. love that. I think that's really making making sure that, you know, you've heard a lot probably about, well, technology is going to replace humans. And what we really look at it is, is that technology helps us have a better life, that we can do things easier, uh, that we don't have to do the mundane, repeatable processes all the time. It can help us with those things so we can have a fulfilled job or and our life. And what we're doing is not just recreating everything over and over again. So I think that's really important. Tell us about something that has happened and how, you know, what can happen and what IT, you, do to help solve for those things. So let's get ready to listen to this. I'm glad you're calling it, you know, true crime in a lot of aspects because, you know, the real true crime podcast is like hundreds and hundreds of episodes and and I'm fascinated and I can deliver hundreds of stories of things to worry about. (laughs) You brought this up in the beginning. You said, you know, cybersecurity is such a, a generalized word now where ransomware is such a huge thing of thousands of other things that are so important within cybersecurity. So you, yeah. you really, you know, touched on it very well. And so I, I appreciate you doing that. <laughs> you know, it's just like, why can't you get it to work? It's like, okay. That's so usually we, what I say to you. <laughs> <laughs> and I say, yes, ma'am. And we, yeah. So, you know, earlier in my career, and, and this is, you know, you started hearing the word ransomware kind of I, in the early 2000s. That's when it became a major term. And, and it's, you know, everybody knows about viruses. And then viruses became malware. Mm-hmm. Uh, malware, uh, one form of malware is called ransomware. And, and back in those days, you know, in the early 2000s, it was still very pretty nasty, but it's a, it was a little bit more simple. And we were lucky enough to kind of experience that. And we learned so much from it that we never, uh, I never wanted to experience something like that again, because now right. it's so nasty. And so it's so impressive what it can actually do as far as how it can destroy things, virus that replicates on a system. And so, right. and you get it by a bunch of different ways. One of the common ways is installing a program. Uh, a lot of people, you know, when you get freeware from uh, that you can download, you know, so I don't want to pay money. I want to use this. It, it comes with that, right? And people can host it on a website that says, oh, I look decent, you know, come and download me to do this thing. Um, and, and, it's, and it's a bad actor. It's, it's mm-hmm. absolutely a virus uh, software. Now they put them in ads. So if you're clicking ads on, on a page that's maybe not well built, it immediately launches. And another really common way, especially now, 
It's very, very popular through phishing links where, you know, I'm going to get an email that looks like it came from you, LaVonda, and right. it's, I need you to do this thing. And I'm like, oh, well, let me hurry up. And I do it. And it's installing something on my computer. Right. And so that they're very smart about it now, um, because if I can send millions and millions of these phishing emails in, across the world and all I need is one, I need somebody you know, so some sometimes they say, oh, lost dog, you know, and please click to help. You're pulling on their heartstrings, right? And so that's how they kind of get into your environment. Um, I love not, that. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, they, they're pretty inventive now. So yeah. again, so it installs, it starts to replicate. And what it does, it looks for any type of file, especially back in those days, it just looks for any file and it starts to encrypt it. So you can't access that file. And if you try to double click, um, and I'm talking about Word, you know, Excel files, database files, those types of things. Right. It's, it's going to encrypt. And then if you try to access it, you get a little pop-up message saying, hey, we've we've taken over your system and your files. Please pay us money and we will decrypt this for you. Right. And they give you a little link. Right. Uh, now they want you to send, you know, cryptocurrency through. Um, and so. Basically, what happened was, you know, we were made aware that uh, software wasn't running and people couldn't access files in, in our environment. And so we were pretty worried and we found out pretty fast what happened. Basically, somebody was on a legitimate website, clicked on one of the ads to, you know, thinking that he was downloading a file and it was ransomware. So what, it, again, it tries to do, it, it's looking for all files. And yeah. then it also says, what are you connected to, right? So most PCs are connected to other PCs, printers, servers, right? All this other type of software in order to, you know, do their job. Right. So it tries to connect to those systems and then encrypt those systems as well. Wow. So if you don't stop it, right? It's literally going to expand in your entire network and then really to drive you to a stop. Yeah. We were able to see that that, that was happening. What we did was we unplugged that PC from the network so it couldn't reach out. We were the systems that it touched weren't very many, luckily. And my one of my first comments was, you know, it was back in the day, a long time ago, the early 2000s. And so it, it wasn't as sophisticated as it is now. So we were right. able to basically restore those files and get people back working in about 30 minutes to an hour once we discovered it. We were pretty lucky, but most people aren't that lucky nowadays because it's so smart. It knows to go after backup files and backup systems. So, you know, what are you going to restore to, right? And so, so yeah, we were able to, to basically, you know, we obviously destroyed that computer. We weren't <laughs> going to touch that anymore. Able to restore those files. And then we did, you know, a kind of a review and a cleanup of just to make sure that everything was back to the way it was normally. So after you got the FBI involved, tell me a little bit about how that was. After we discovered that the pop-up message happened, uh, we mm -hmm. were, like I said, it was in the early 2000s. So there wasn't uh, a requirement for, for banks or really any business to have a plan in place at that time. Right. Still was very, very new. So we were kind of just on our own at the time. And uh, we, you know, they, we got the pop-up message, told us, I think it was PayPal back in those days. It wasn't even crypto. Right. Where you paid them. And uh, they wanted $1,500, right? Now it's 50,000. It's hundreds of thousands, but it's just $1,500 is all they wanted. Right. So they were, just, they were starting out too. So we're all a startup, and, right? <laughs> they were a startup hacker organization. So right. uh, we once we had that message, we, we knew that, we couldn't do anything. We, we had no idea what the key was going to be. We called the FBI looking for help. We went on their website and they had a few articles here and there, but 
they didn't really have a division and organization where now if we call the FBI or Secret Service, they a lot of times they come out the same day. Uh, they have tools ready to go on hard drives. They know how to kind of like read. He's pre-built. So they're really trying to guess that password based on the commonality of things that they've seen. Uh, back in those days, they didn't have that. And so we definitely did call them there. You know, I think we just emailed them too. So we said, hey, can you, you mind you know, stopping by whenever you get this email? And we didn't know when we were going to get a call back or, or anything like that. So we decided uh, what we wanted to do is try to recover ourselves. Yeah, um, And we knew where the file came from. We luckily found that because, again, they weren't trying to hide it. It wasn't very sophisticated at the time. So we disconnected that PC. Eventually, what we found out that we could just recover all the files from a backup that we had. So we were able to do that. And it hadn't been able to bleed out into the, the rest of the network, luckily. So we were able to recover. Uh, we did backup. Uh, we saved all those encryption files and we saved, all, you know, the, the ransomware. So we wanted to give that to the FBI. So again, now they have a database. They have, you know, the Secret Service has a database. And so we were able to give that to them for further review and just to, ha- you know, maybe help somebody else because right. now they have divisions. That's all they're trying to do is crack at themselves. There's no guarantee you'll get that money back. And so we, we just didn't know uh, at the time that it was going to be that easy. We were just very lucky. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that because I think a lot of us, you know, we when we work in business, we may understand a little bit about it because of, you know, maybe the type of business we're in, but I think it's, it's really for the consumer too, that, you know, I think at home, I just, you know, use that if you're on Facebook or any kind of social media and a lot of people, you know, our ads are in there. You gotta be really careful about what you're pressing because you don't know what's in there, especially if you use your computer for any type of banking or shopping or things like that. Right. I think it's just one of those things. Unfortunately, there are people out there who this is all they do all day long is try to infiltrate consumers and or businesses to try to get get a hold of their files and either get money from like what you said, ransomware or steal identities and do other things. So it's really important. I think one of the things that I don't think you appreciate how good an IT department is or your person is until you had it happen to you, right? Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that, that happens in that way. So I wanted to I wanted to ask you then when you saw that, what changed for you about how you wanted to approach cyber and how you approach forming and educating people on what can happen through you know innocence more than likely on the on the user's part, but how do you help that person understand what can really happen? Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. And you know, there's two different categories I think about. It is the customer side of things, right? Right. You, deal with customers that have businesses, law firms. Uh, This has happened many times through them. You know, a lot of them have employees, even if it's 10, 15 employees there at their business and successful business, but they don't have an IT department for them, right? So they're kind of relying on their staff to, and so we have to help protect them in some way uh, because they are delivering files to us. You know, we definitely want to support them. And so we have to offer systems that are secure in nature and can basically allow for those scenarios to, if this happens, their files, their money is still secure. And then, you know, we look at it from a banking perspective of what are our employees doing? And it really is a layered approach. It's not one thing, right? You can have virus, you can have the best virus protection in the world, but, you know, there's things on the outside trying to get in, there's things in the middle trying to get out. So it's, you have to have multi layers and multi factors there of security and events and, and monitoring and alerting. You have to have you know a really good information security department that's really going to take that 
uh, responsibility seriously too. And then it's the continuing education of our customers and our employees about what to look out for, right? It's funny, every Christmas happens, right? People say, oh, there's a package for somebody, please click this link. I took a picture of it, right? It's a fake message, but if you think about it, it's people get packages delivered at work when it comes around Christmas and yeah. birthdays and yeah. um, the lost dog. Oof, that gets everything. I mean, you know, that would so, get me. First off, can you set up r- rules and systems so to where you can kind of filter those things out? And then, you know, the continuing education of our employees being going through scenarios like this uh, of just education day to day. And so yeah. we're not standing behind them watching them. So information is, is power here when it comes to, you know, dealing with the bad guys out there. And that, that's one of the things that we can do. It's funny that you say that because you and your team, I'm sure you go, you sometimes go, are these people stupid? Do they not know that there right. is a link there? And it seems so obvious to you, but when you're in the middle of, you know, 500 emails or whatever, you're just trying to get through it. No, you yeah. know, I, I, because, you know, what's funny is <laughs> IT people get, get caught from it too. <laughs> and so it, it's one of those things that we're always looking in the mirror saying, you know, and how can we just help, help it get better? It's, you know, we're a team and you want, you want to educate, you want to make sure that whatever you can do. So, you know, we put warnings on emails, Hey, this is coming from the outside, or this doesn't look legit. We give opportunities to say, can you research this email? If there's any question, just hit this little button and it goes to a review process to where, you know, my favorite button. That's my favorite button. <laughs> exactly right. So it's the help button, right? And so, right. But, you know, you made a good point earlier. You said people will do whatever it takes when they experience this once before of how scary it is because companies have had tried to pay the ransom. They have paid a lot of money and they still don't get all their files back. And so right. there's no guarantee. Um, you know, back, back when this happened, you know, we called the FBI, we called Secret Service and just to try to see what, you know, if they could investigate further, they have a whole division of this is all they do is ransomware and they have encryption keys for all the ones that are out there, but there's no guarantee. And you're talking, especially now with files and the way people move and how fast things are going, it's, it's a lot of money. Uh, potentially that, you know, and then the reputational risk, what you would take, right? Of right. No. So it's, um, it's continuing education. It, it's helping. And I love people poking holes in my ideas and things because I can't think of everything. I'm one, and so it's a team effort and support from, you know, executive team and the board and stuff is also very helpful because that, you're going to spend money on the systems that you need, yeah. but yeah. You have to be advanced in order to kind of stop some of that stuff. Yeah, I think that's interesting. And from companies that, you know, from people who might be running companies like this, but I just look at it, you know, and I'm at home on my iPad shopping and I, you know, an ad will pop up because I know that they know what I'm thinking about what I want to buy. It just seems to pop up for some reason. And I have clicked on it before and it's like, you know, your authentication is on a safe site. I think that's right. what it says. Right. So what is that? Yeah. So now every website by default you wouldn't really register a website and own and run a website without like a secure certificate. Right. Um, and it used to be that wasn't the case, even for banks, right? In the early 2000s, it was just, right. you know, they were costly or they made your site slower. Now that's kind of a, a thing in the past. But so a lot of times when they're trying to redirect you to a fake site, they'll, you know, a lot of times they won't secure it in that way. So you get redirected and, and you see this little secure thing of, wait a minute, uh, now, you know, how they're building you know, iPhones and browsers that kind of say always expect a, a secure certificate. And right. if not, maybe question that, right? And, and okay. so it, it's just one of those things as a warning, right? To say like, maybe 
I shouldn't be doing this. It, you know, <laughs> not secure. Yeah, maybe, you know, stop and, you know, restart. But Exactly. No, I always think that's interesting. Well, so Jason, thanks so much for coming on the show today. You know, when you listen to your story about the crime that can happen and the interface with IT and how they help solve those types of crimes, it really intrigues me. And so I'm so thankful for you and your, your department and all you do to help keep us safe. Thanks for coming by. Absolutely. Thanks, Lamanda.